What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. Hey, everyone out there. Thank you for joining us on the Million Dollar Mindset today. It's Monday, and I hope your day is off to an amazing start to kind of rev up for the rest of that week. Hey, you know, we've got a question here that we hear over and over again, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Why the lack of females in the boardroom? Why aren't more women in those C-suite positions? Well, today's guest says it's a lack of confidence. In fact, according to the Global Entrepreneurship Monitor 2012 Women's Report released just this past August, women not only lack confidence, but they're generally more afraid of failure than their male counterparts. In addition, women appear to show reluctance to scale their businesses or to enter new and less tested markets. But you know that risk-taking, it's essential to growing the experience and the skills necessary to lead at the top of corporate America and in running your own business. And having a healthy dose of confidence is essential to taking those risks, right? So today we're here with Becky Blaylock. Becky is the former Chief Information Officer and Senior VP of a Fortune 500 company and energy firm, Southern Company. Becky says that like public speaking, confidence can be a learned skill. So we're here to learn today. I'd like to welcome to the Million Dollar Mindset, Becky Blaylock. Thank you, Monica. I'm happy to be here with you. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. This subject is near and dear to my heart. Yeah, I'll bet it is. In fact, uh, congratulations on your recent book release, uh, Dare, Straight Talk on Confidence, Courage, and Career for Women in Charge. Becky, tell us, you know, what prompted you to write about this topic? You know, when you become a senior leader in a company, you get asked a lot by the company and others in the community to go speak to other women. And one thing that used to amaze me is, you know, I think once you reach those senior levels, you forget that there is a lot you've learned to get there. And what I liken that to is if you've ever had to teach a young person how to drive a car, you know, until you have to teach them how to drive a car, you forget, oh, my gosh, there's an awful lot to this that I've had to learn. And that would be a wake-up call to me because afterwards, young women would just be lined up wanting me to share with them, you know, some silver bullet for success. And, you know, there really isn't one. There are, there's a combination of things you have to do, but kind of at the heart of it all is believing in yourself and being more confident. And so for years, I thought, you know, I'd really like to write a book and kind of capture some of the lessons that I've learned, and not just my lessons, but lessons from a lot of other really prominent women. Uh, that I've been friends with coming up the corporate ladder, uh, and try to share that with other uh, women and maybe help them on their career journey because I do believe that confidence is one of the biggest factors that holds women back. 
And, you know, confidence is um, all about being willing to step outside your comfort zone and being willing to fail. And some of the reason that women haven't been as prone to do that is we don't we haven't always had the safety nets that men have had. Um, where there was somebody that if we failed, we knew was going to reach out and rescue us. That's where I think mentorship becomes very, very important. But stretching outside those comfort zones is absolutely critical if you're going to move up the corporate ladder. Because, you know, we all live in these zones where we feel, first of all, we feel safe, we feel valued, we feel appreciated. And it's very comfortable being there. But if you want to really grow in your career, you got to be willing to step outside of there and put yourself at risk mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. stretching that comfort zone is all about getting the kind of experience you need to move up the corporate ladder. And yeah. um, if you don't stretch those comfort zones, they begin to, they begin to shrink on you. So and, and what I wanted to do is to try to share with women, I actually have a confidence checklist that's on my uh, website, but also a confidence quiz that you can take. That'll tell you just how confident you are and if you need to, to uh, you know, maybe be taking a little more risk in your career. Because, you know, I think a lot of times one of the bigger mistakes I see with women is we sit back and wait for somebody to come tell us what to do. And this begins with us early in life. We're told, um, you can't ask a boy out. You've got to wait for a boy to ask you out. And um, I see that even with our young, young women who yeah. are coming up today and that sort of transcends into the workplace. Well, in, when you get in a work environment, if you want to be an individual contributor, then for somebody to define the work that needs to be done, tell you what to do and for you to execute on that, uh, is fine, well, and good. But if you want to move up the corporate ladder, it's not about execution. It's figuring out what is the work that needs to be educated, ex- ex- executed on. And to do that, you need to have a lot of experience maybe uh, experience in areas that you're not necessarily comfortable going into. You need to have a lot of relationships with people outside your immediate um, work environment. Uh, and, and certainly you need, you need to read uh, and, and be prepared to get to that next level because one of the things I tell people is that nothing builds confidence like preparedness. But if there are things other than just being prepared that you have to have. And I'd say probably the second other thing you need you need to surround yourself with a, with a group of mentors, people that can coach you who've maybe been down the path you're going down, maybe made some of the lessons, um, you know, because I always say there's nothing greater than learning from mistakes, but, you know, you don't have to make them all to learn from them. You can learn from the <laughs> yeah. mistakes that somebody else has made. And the yeah, other thing is that, you know, if a mentor cares enough about you to uh, sort of coach you through a situation, then they They've made an investment in your career, and they have a vested interest in seeing you continue to be successful. And if you fail, a mentor is there to help, you know, resurrect you and and help you, you know, recover and um, either continue where you are or look for an opportunity somewhere else. Becky, that's that's a question. That's that's something I'd like to get into just a little bit deeper. I've been coaching uh, women in business for ten years now, and in my opinion, women seem to have a much more difficult time understanding how to go about finding a mentor and how to go about asking a mentor for help. Can can you talk a little bit about that? Well, yeah, women seem seem to be reluctant to go ask for help. Um, Men are not shy about that. Having, you know, been in the role I was in, 
Um, I've mentored a lot of men and a lot of women. A man will not hesitate to come in and ask you to write a letter for them, to ask you to pick up the phone and call somebody for them. Women are much more timid about that. And that's got to change because uh, people are more than willing to help you. But you are the one who has to take personal responsibility for your career and make that happen. I think as women, we sit back and we wait for somebody to offer to come help us or for somebody to come and say, here's an opportunity you might want to take. Your career is your responsibility. It's the single most important responsibility you have, and you can't entrust that to to anybody else. I, I talk in my book about the fact that sort of earlier on in my career, I had always just sort of assumed that my boss would look out for me and that if I worked hard and I did a good job, it would get noticed. And uh, and it is important to work hard and to do a good job. You can't be so focused on the next job that you're not delivering excellent results where you are. But you also can't depend on other people to take care of and manage your career because particularly in the age when I came up, people hoarded their best people. They didn't want to see you go anywhere else. So mm-hmm. you've got to take a lot of responsibility and figure out strategically, you know, who you can go ask for help. And uh, and when people do help you, be responsible about getting back with them and saying, here's the three things you told me I should do, and here's what I what I did in response to that, and and let them know that the feedback that they gave you made a difference. But you just can't be shy about sitting back and asking for help or expecting that somebody else is going to come say, what can I do to help you? Right. One of the questions that I receive a lot, Becky, is, well, why would this person want to help me? Well, the other thing that I tell people is that, and the first chapter of my book is dedicated to knowing what it is that you want. Because too many times when I was a mentor, the first question I'd ask is, well, what is it that you want to do? And I would have to tell you that in probably... um, a little over half the situation, people say, well, I really don't know what I want to do. Right. And that nothing would frustrate me more than that because I think the single most important thing you have to figure out is what it is that you want. And you may not be able to say, well, you know, I want to be the CFO of my company. Uh, it may be that you say I want to be in a, an organization that, you know, allows me to work with numbers or I want to be in a sales organization and I'd like to be at the senior level leading other people and making strategic decisions about the company because jobs, you know, as we knew them in the past, are changing so much and so very rapidly into the future that you're better off to say these are the kinds of things, the skills that I have and where I feel like I could add more value. Or you could say here's where I have a gap. You know, I've never had an opportunity to work in the operations side of the business, and so I know my next move needs to be there because then that prepares me to be the CEO But I don't think um, most of the people I talk to are spending enough time thinking about that. Now, in terms of finding mentors, one of the pieces of advice I always give, because this always works with me, is that go to your boss. And if there's somebody inside your company that's running the area you want to be in, tell your boss, say, I would like to spend 15 minutes with that executive in a one-on-one meeting. And I've never known an executive to say no to spending 15 minutes with somebody Mm -hmm. if that door was opened by their boss. But when you get that 15 minutes, be prepared when you go in there. Know what you want. Know what kinds of questions you want to ask of that individual. Send a thank you note afterwards and then follow up and tell them what you did. 
because another frustration of mine was to mentor somebody, invest that 15 minutes in them, and then have them come back six months later and want another meeting with me and say, well, what did you do on the... And then say, well, I just haven't had time to do any of that. Oh, because I'm going to yeah. tell you, that'd be the last yeah. time they get any mentoring advice from me. Yeah, but also, mentors so. are not yeah. always somebody that's higher, higher level than you are in a company. Okay, you know, when that's I interesting. My company, Becky, Becky, we're going to go into our first break. And when we come back, I'd like to talk more about that, that mentors may not be higher up in a company. And perhaps also any advice that you have for female business owners who aren't in an environment where they can simply look around them right. within their own company. Sure. We'll be right back. Sure. Okay. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through making an attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Are you ready to start rocking that woohoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woohoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boohoo and turn it into woohoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Finally, a show that supports women who are in the midst of a transition in midlife. The show is Second Wind. Here's what certified coach, author, and host of Second Wind, Joyce Buford, wants you to know. It's so empowering for women to hear about other women and their accomplishments. We all need cheerleaders, someone who's on our side. Second Wind is that program to help women connect with other women, hear other women's stories. In a stressful world. Find power in those stories. Learn to discover your passions and joys again. Create the life you want to live to the fullest. Join us for Second Wind with Joyce Buford, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Central, right here on the Toginet Radio Network. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset. On Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka. And we're here today with Becky Blalock, who managed to work her way up the corporate ladder to the C-suite position in a predominantly male industry. And we're discussing at this moment mentors. And Becky, going into break, you know, we were talking, you mentioned that a mentor doesn't necessarily have to be in a senior position. So tell us a little bit more about that thought. Well, in, in the corporate world, you know, it's, you can look around you and you do have a lot of people to learn from. And, and some of my best mentors 
sometimes for people that were two levels down in my own organization. Um, particularly when I was the CIO, I had somebody that did technology planning, and I spent time with him every month talking to me about, you know, what did they see coming in the way of uh, new technologies. But a lot of my mentors, too, were outside the company because there were not a lot of, um, in fact, there were no female officers in the company uh, when I was rising up in my career, but there were a lot in the community. And, um, and I was able to meet and network with a lot of those people through industry association-type meetings. I always tell people it's important, and I think women in particular don't always do a good job of networking outside their immediate uh, four walls. Uh, sometimes I hear them say, well, I don't have time for that, and I'm like, you don't have time to not do that because that's an investment in you to build that network and to find mentors uh, certainly inside your company are important, but if you're a business owner, it's very important to network with people in your community, not just for sales, but just in terms of being able to learn how to share best practices and run your business uh, even better. Um, and there are a number of women's organizations, and um, the reason I think women's organizations in particular are important for women is because they role model um, what kind of uh, professional uh, activities and, and behavior, you need to be successful. Sometimes your customers can be a good mentor to you. If you are serving somebody who uh, really uh, manages their business well, if it's a customer of yours, many times they're more than willing to sit down and share best practices with you, and then you can even enhance your relationship with that customer even better. I also found that a lot of times the academic institutions uh, could be great mentors. When I got ready to go for my job, uh, the, the CIO position, uh, I was competing against a number of other people. I'd been out of IT for a while, and I called a professor at one of the universities who taught computer science, and I said, tell me what's really changed in this industry. And uh, she sat down and gave me five you know, really hot topics that she felt like I should focus on in the interview. And then kept in touch with me and invited me to uh, many events where there would be IT luminaries that were visiting our city that were working with the universities. And so universities can be a great source. And, of course, there's always great, um, you know, media outlets that share great information like uh, this show that we were on today, Millionaire Mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I, I always tell my clients that some of your mentors can be virtual mentors, people that you don't even really know. Um, and to read those books written by leaders like yourself and to listen to these kinds of podcasts and such and, and allow yourself to be virtually mentored as well. Um, so Becky, it's I find it interesting that you say confidence can be taught and um, that you actually even have this confidence checklist that you that you mentioned on your website. Talk to me about people who are actually, you know, like have a social um, anxiety or social fear. Uh, and, and I know many women who have managed to to rise to the top in spite of it, but they still have that social anxiety. Um, how can you help a woman like that become more confident? Well, growing your confidence is not any different than growing your leadership skills and growing your public speaking skills. I never will forget the first time I had to get up in front of a large group and speak, and I thought, oh, my gosh, my my heart is in my stomach. I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> but, you know, the more you do it, 
the more comfortable you you get with it with public speaking. Um, and it's the mm-hmm. single greatest fear that people have. And um, and I and I don't think that's a lot different from your confidence level. Uh, there's a, a dean who's the head of psychology at uh, Georgia Regents University. And what Dr. Peter Buckley has said is it's all about experience. And he said being willing to break outside that comfort zone. And he said literally what doesn't kill you makes you stronger because mm-hmm. if you fail, and we all do, and uh, we, we overestimate the consequences of failure. The important thing is if you fail to get back up because when you fail, what you learn is what won't work. So get up and try again. And so many times we just let, you know, analysis paralysis take over mm-hmm. and we're unwilling right. to get out of our comfort mm-hmm. zone. I've seen many times where women weren't willing to step into jobs unless they felt like they were 100% qualified. And I've also seen situations where people were reluctant to put a woman in there because she hadn't proven herself in that field. They seem to be much more willing to promote a man on the basis of his potential versus him having accomplished that. Well, if you sit back and wait until you're qualified, it may never happen. That's why you've mm-hmm. got to be willing to go into a job, and you may not know everything, but be willing to go into it and learn. Be willing to be uncomfortable because the one thing that I learned as I was coming up the corporate ladder is that the times I feel like I grew the most were when I felt most personally at risk. Well, I was learning something new. I felt like I was outside my comfort zone. And, uh, you know, it can be quite stressful. But then after a while, you know, if you give yourself a chance and if you really study hard and surround yourself with uh, positive people, you know, you will begin to uh, settle in and learn the job, and then you'll be ready to go on to the next one. Um, I also tell people that what you've got to do to boost your confidence is get rid of negative people. I think it's very important to constantly seek for constructive feedback and take that into everything that you do. But if you're just constantly getting negative feedback from somebody, that may be somebody you just need to eliminate from your network. And look for people who are the best at what it is you're trying to do. You know, if you're trying to play tennis and you want to get better, what do you do? You look for the best tennis players you can find and go play with them. And they make you better. Your career is the same way. If you really want to be good at something, you need to uh, surround yourself with very positive role models and, um, and, and, you know, try to emulate yourself after them. Um, Yeah. But we, we, you know, so we'll um, let our negative um, mindset take over. We speak at about 150 to 200 words a minute, but we think at about 1,300 words a minute. And for the most part, most of those, those messages that are going on inside our head are one morning after another, convincing us not to do something. And some of that's positive because you certainly, if you, you don't want to go stick your hand over a candle flame and burn it. I mean, you've wanted to learn from that. But we, as human beings, so much more um, listen to the negative than the positive. So you've got to do a much better job of thinking positively and talking uh, positively to yourself. And I tell people that a great way to do that is to wake up first thing in the morning 
and think about the things in life that you're grateful for. Instead of thinking about what you don't have, think about what you have. Uh, because if you live in this country, and particularly if you have a job, you are much better off than probably 90% of the people in the world. And too many times we're so focused on what other people have and not enough on what we have that that takes away from our positive energy and our confidence. You know, the other thing is dress and act the part. You know, there's nothing that will boost your confidence more than going in and acting professional. Just simple things like sitting up straight, uh, making eye contact with people, having a firm handshake, and a smile. Um, So many times we're so focused on uh, the business transaction that we forget to actually be pleasant uh, about how we go about doing things. Exercise, I think, is very important to confidence. I mean, there's so much research coming out now that says that people who exercise at least three times a week, uh, the hippocampus part of their brain is bigger. There's no powerful, more powerful medication for getting rid of uh, depression. And salary.com, interestingly enough, just did some research, and they said that um, people who exercise at least three times a week make more money. So lots of good reasons to exercise. And wow, I think I'm going to go out and get that treadmill out. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, the other thing is that breathing is so important. Um, I don't think I really understood all that until I started doing the research for this book. And that if you take control of your breathing, it brings you to the present state and allows you to be much more purposeful about what you do. Because so much of what we do every day, we're not even conscious of. It's our subconscious that is controlling it. And the example I'll give you is, you know, think about the times you've driven to work in the morning. That is if you drive a car to work. And there's many times that I got to the office and I didn't even remember driving there. And that's because it's the subconscious that's making all that happen. And some researchers say that somewhere between 85, you know, you know, to to 75% of everything we do is really controlled by things we're not even really all that conscious of. So just being more purposeful and more conscious about things, I think, is very important to um, to help and build your confidence. Yeah, these are things we talk about on the Million Dollar Mindset quite a bit, and I'm so glad to hear you reinforce them, the importance of breath and bringing yourself back to the present through breath and um, the gratitude list or the gratitude journal or just thoughts of gratitude. And I always tell people to look for things inside of their day that they can cite as as things that they're grateful for, things outside of the everyday, because we tend to make it kind of rote after a while. I'm grateful for my children. I'm grateful for my job, you know. But if you start looking for things kind of outside the norm, that helps to keep you in the present and helps to, you know, build upon your gratitude, which is critical to happiness, joy, and success. And we are already going into into our second break. You're just chock full of information and and really fabulous stuff, Becky. So I'm just kind of sitting back and enjoying this (laughs) this show. (laughs) (laughs) Time is just going by very, very quickly. So we'll be back from this break in just a minute. You're listening to The Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka, and we'll see you in a moment.
unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Get ready for Wise Up Radio, leveraging your learning, leadership, and legacy with Donna Kimbrand, the edgy evolutionary, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. If you're an entrepreneurial leader or visionary, stay ahead of your game with insights, tools, and strategies that give you the thought leader's edge. Each week, join Donna and her guests as she'll ask the edgy questions, help you discover game-changing shortcuts to better thinking and learning, how to explore the ripple effects of leadership excellence and how to create your life as a living legacy where the legacy you leave is the life you live. As thought leaders, you need strategies to help you enjoy the confidence and thrill of riding the wave of rapid change. For more on Donna, check out her website, GameChangerThinking.com. Then join the conversation and sharpen up your wits on Wise Up Radio with Donna Kimbrand, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Are you happy with your life? Satisfied with the direction you're taking? More importantly, are you content with the results you're seeing? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join host Brian K. Wright as he talks to experts in many areas relating to life success, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. Each week is a dose of inspiration. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. Success Profiles Radio is a show that will clearly demonstrate the principle, if I can do it, you can do it. So don't miss this opportunity to take control of your life and your results. Success Profiles Radio with Brian K. Wright, Mondays at 5 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And thanks for being here with us today. Like always, you can reach me with your topic ideas, your feedback at Marla at MarlaTabaka.com. That's Marla at MarlaTabaka.com. I love hearing from you. And also make sure to check out the ink column that I posted last week uh, because it's, it's, it's so relative to what we're talking about here today. It's three ways to lead like a woman and win. And you'll find that over at ink.com, inc.com slash author slash Marla hyphen Tabaka. So make sure to check that out. And today we're here with Becky Blalek, and you can learn more about Becky and take that confidence quiz over at her website, which is BeckyBlalek.com, B-L-A-L-O-C-K.com. So Becky, thanks again for being here today. I'm learning so much from you, and it's it's uh, it's fun to have you here. So We've been talking about mentorship and confidence and such, and it reminds me so much of one of my favorite topics, and that is the imposter syndrome. People are 
often surprised to hear that other people who are in similar positions professionally uh, at at, uh, similar points uh, suffer from these same same thoughts and fears and lack of belief in themselves and fake it till you make it kind of syndrome and that they even have a name for it the imposter syndrome Um, what what are your thoughts on the imposter syndrome and and again I'm sure it's similar to what we've been talking about but any advice on on breaking free of those patterns well, you know, they say that something like 70% of people have suffered from the imposter syndrome at some point in time. It's especially prevalent among women, though, or among anybody who's the minority in a majority crowd. Uh, and a lot of that is because when you're the minority, everything you do gets scrutinized a little more. Your voice doesn't get heard. Uh, one of the most frequent things I've heard women talk about is that if if you're, and I've heard minorities talk about this too, if you're the only one who's a little different sitting around the table, you say something two or three times and nobody hears it and then all of a sudden a man uh, picks up on it and says it and everybody says, oh, what a great idea. Or right. you've said something in the meeting that becomes brilliant. At the end of the meeting, they credit your idea to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so one of the ways to get over that is to have an ally in the room. And this is actually one of the things I write about in the book because we had two female officers in my company. I was very fortunate that I had another uh, woman, and we always would look out for each other and make sure our voices got heard. But I also, a number of times, was still in a meeting where I was the only woman. There are a good many men who get it. And if you know there's a man in the room who gets it, have a conversation with him about the fact that you feel like your voice is a lot of times um, not heard and get that person to back you up when you say something. And, you know, the thing about the imposter syndrome is that uh, I, I think too many times, you know, people that suffer from that credit whatever success they've had to luck. Um, well, luck only happens if you create it and make it happen. And so that's why I think it's important to, for, for us to better embrace good things that we've accomplished or compliments that people have paid us. I always tell people if somebody writes you a nice letter and compliments, you keep it. And if you're beginning to feel uh, a little inadequate, pull those letters out and read them or pull that list of accomplishments out and remind yourself of the great things that you've done. The other thing is just being aware that this syndrome exists. I have to tell you, it was a big aha for me the first time I heard about it because Mm -hmm. um, there were many times that I felt like I was a fraud and that, um, you know, some success that I'd had happen um, really happened only because I was in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, it, it, and and I think we all need reassurance from people that are uh, around us. There are always, always going to be that share of people who want to beat you down. Um, there are a lot of bullies in the workplace. Uh, in fact, the research says that 57% of women have been bullied at some point in time in their career. And that's much more apt to happen if you're the minority in a situation. So I think you've got to every day think about what you can do that boosts your confidence and, uh, and, and go, to, go to that confidence checklist and pull it out and make sure you're surrounding yourself with a lot of cheerleaders. Make sure, too, that you are reaching out to other people and boosting them because nothing uh, will make you feel better about yourself than reaching out and trying to um, put the focus on others and doing something to lift and support them. 
I always tell people, you know, give compliments very generously because looking for the best in others will help you see it in yourself. So, so true. Um, think every day about doing that. Think about what you can do uh, to give back because everything you do good for somebody else comes back. It either comes back in making you feel better about yourself or because you've made an investment in somebody and they come back and make one in you. And those are probably the two most powerful ways I know of uh, combating imposter syndrome, other than the fact, too, of eliminating negative people from your network. If you are always around somebody who is negative, they're negative about your work environment or they're negative about you, eliminate those people because attitudes are contagious, uh, good ones and bad ones. And if you're around somebody with a really bad attitude, the next thing you know, you'll have one, too. Um, But if you're around somebody who's upbeat uh, and who has a positive attitude, then you tend to have a positive attitude yourself. And if you have a positive attitude, you will attract uh, people to you. Uh, The best people will want to work on the team with you. Uh, People will, um, you know, want you on their team because um, nobody wants to be around somebody that's bringing everybody down. Everybody wants to be around somebody that's a cheerleader. Right. It's funny. I was just having this conversation with my adult daughter the other day. We were talking about how attitudes are contagious, but how interesting it is that a negative attitude is so particularly contagious. It seems so much easier to just kind of get in groove with that negative harping attitude than it is sometimes to get in groove with that higher intention. And it's it's just so easy to get caught up in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's because as human beings, we were programmed to be very negative. They say that it takes yeah. five positive interactions with somebody to overcome one negative. And that's because as, you know, we were evolving as human beings, we still have so much of our, our reptilian brain that is constantly telling us to be uh, cautious and to be negative, and a lot of the things that we were programmed early as humans to be cautious about, those things really don't exist today. Right. And um, and that you've got to program yourself to uh, to speak more positively to yourself and to notice more positive things. And a great way to do that is by trying to bring out the best in others. Yeah, yeah, that is, and and it's uh, the things that we're no longer, you know, we no longer have to be careful about, you know, the amygdala, which is there to teach us, to tell us to get out of the way when that dinosaur is chasing us or to run really fast when we're not being chased by dinosaurs anymore. So it's found another job. You know, it's evolved in a very simplistic way. And uh, that fight or flight still kicks in. Yeah. Um, One of the things that uh, I hear from my female clients a lot, you know, we're going back to the imposter syndrome just a little bit here. Um, You had mentioned earlier in the broadcast that women are, are very hesitant to take jobs that they don't feel fully qualified for. But the reality is that I don't think that anybody is fully 100% qualified for a job because you need to learn about the job once you're in it, no matter what your experience right. is. There's always something new. And yet women feel like it's not authentic to to go in and, and sort of fake it until you make it. I think they have a harder time with that. Um Talk to us a little bit about why you think that is and uh, and how we can be okay with 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 putting ourselves in that position. Oh, I think you're exactly right. Women do have a harder time faking it till you make it. Um, I witnessed that a lot with um, the men and the women who reported to me. 
uh, when men seem to not doubt uh, themselves, even though they may not even have near the qualifications that a woman does. And some of that, I think, goes back to the fact that women haven't always had the safety nets at, men, at work that men have. There haven't always been that many men who are in senior roles who are willing to step out and provide those safety nets for women. I think we're all much more willing to be courageous if we know that there's somebody there to catch us if we fall. Uh, right. I think about somebody that's on a trapeze artist. If you got a net beneath you that you know is going to catch you, you might be willing to take a lot more risk and do a triple somersault than if yeah. that net's not mm-hmm. there. And that's why I think it is important for women to seek out uh, mentors and, more importantly, sponsors. And there's a big difference between mentors and sponsors. A mentor is somebody who can, um, you know, coach you and advise you on how to be successful in a job, but they're not necessarily in a position to advocate for you. A sponsor is somebody who is in a very senior role in your company, who sits around the table when decisions are made about who's going into jobs and who is willing to advocate on your behalf. And in order to get somebody to advocate on your behalf, they've got to really believe in you because they're kind of putting their credibility out there on your name. And when the decisions are made on the really senior jobs in a company, um, they're not typically made by one person. They're made by a team. And everybody coming into that room has their own person that they want in that job. So if you don't have somebody who's willing to speak up, uh, first of all, your name never even gets on the list unless you have a sponsor. But that sponsor should also advocate on your behalf when your name comes up for discussion on whether or not you should go into that job. And if you you don't have that, then there are going to be limits to how far up the corporate ladder you're able to go. Mm-hmm. Sponsors are a little harder to find than mentors are. You know, a mentor, sometimes you can just pick up the phone and call somebody and say, look, I've got a real challenge. I would love if you'd let me shadow you or if you'd, let, you'd give me some advice. You know, let me take you to lunch, counsel me. Uh, sponsors are so high up in their company and they have such busy schedules, they're much harder to find. So one of the things I tell people is be very careful about who your boss is in the next job you go into because um, your boss uh, is somebody that you hope one day will be in one of those sponsorship roles. And sometimes you may take a job that is not uh, your ideal job, but if it gives you the opportunity to work for somebody who's a great leader, and who you know is going to be going other places in the company, it might be an opportunity that you want to consider uh, so that that person knows you, feels comfortable with you, and is willing to take you on up the corporate ladder with with them. Hmm. And so does that idea of a sponsor versus a mentor also segue into entrepreneurship in any way? Yeah, you know... and what disturbs oh, me is that I'm people so are sorry. in the high-tech sector. I don't we see are, a lot of Becky. women stepping into the entrepreneurial role. But I think Becky, it is we're, important we're that you in a break. We're, we're in okay. a break. I am so sorry. I didn't get a heads up okay. on that. So we'll be back no. in a moment. Okay. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Are you happy with your life? Satisfied with the direction you're taking? More importantly, are you content with the results you're seeing? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join host Brian K. Wright as he talks to experts in many areas relating to life success, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, 
networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. Each week is a dose of inspiration. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. Success Profiles Radio is a show that will clearly demonstrate the principle, if I can do it, you can do it. So don't miss this opportunity to take control of your life and your results. Success Profiles Radio with Brian K. Wright. Mondays at 5 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Connect with Juliana and connect with what lies beneath. Friday afternoons at 4 or 3 Central on toginet.com. Juliana is certified as a life coach who wants people to connect. Connect with what lies beneath, those truths and answers. And through her counseling practice, she has helped others find their personal power and fulfill their dreams. And she wants to do the same for you here on Connect with Juliana. Through intimate discussions, intriguing subject matters, and the expertise of her guests. For more on Juliana and her show, check out her website, connectwithjuliana.com. Juliana will cover it all. Nothing is off limits. She wants to know what matters to you. Make the connection. Tune in to TogiNet to connect with Juliana to find out the facts that could be hidden beneath the surface. Connect with Juliana on TogiNet to make a quality connection in your life. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. Thanks for joining us today. This is Marla Tabaka, and we are just wrapping up this show on a fabulous topic. We've just been all over this topic, and I've been enjoying it. I hope you have, too. Make sure to learn more about our guest over at her website, which is BeckyBlalek.com. That's Becky with a Y and B-L-A-L-O-C-K. And pick up a copy of her book. Uh, the book is Dare, D-A-R-E, Straight Talk on Confidence, Courage, and Career for Women in Charge. And it's filled with some great advice from someone who's done it and lots of women who have done it, uh, CEO, C-suite level um, women who have worked their way up that corporate ladder in, in business, speaking up and, and helping other women learn how to, to do the same. So going into break, we we're talking about the role of a sponsor in your life. And I had asked Becky about uh, sponsors for entrepreneurs because it's very different when you're not in an environment where you can simply look up the ladder and and name someone that you want to target as a future sponsor. Uh, women who are entrepreneurs in business for themselves don't really have that advantage. So, Becky, you, you had started to talk about that before we were so rudely interrupted by break music. <laughs> so, if you could pick up there, that would be awesome. All right. You know, there are, like the fastest growing business segment in our country now are these startup businesses. 
And uh, it, it's not the big Fortune 500 companies. They're not going that, uh, nearly as fast or creating nearly as many jobs as entrepreneurs. And there's starting to be a lot of support for people that want to grow their businesses. The Small Business Administration um, has a tremendous amount of support. I know this because I'm a small business myself now. worked in the corporate world all those years, and I needed some help with uh, some accounting kinds of things, and I was able to go to the Small Business Administration. I've never had to worry about uh, taxes before because they were always just automatically taken out of my paycheck. So there's things like that that we underestimate. You know, the other thing is that uh, chambers of commerce around the country are very interested in growing businesses in their local community, so you can tap into the support that's available at your local chamber. And again, the academic institutions can be great. They can help connect you to their alumni who maybe have a business that has been very successful. Maybe it's been sold, and uh, and they can hook you up with an alumni for um, advice. A lot of uh, uh, institutions also have some uh, startup facilities where you can come and get office space and get mentoring from on-site individuals. And increasingly, they're even bringing in venture capitalists to talk to entrepreneurs about um, what their product is for investment. But one of the things that I, I think is very interesting is recently I was at a meeting where many young companies were coming up making presentations for capital. and. One of the questions asked of uh, a very successful entrepreneur is, what's the number one reason why young young companies, entrepreneurs fail? And he said, because they don't focus enough on growing the customer base. They're so focused on the product development piece that they don't think enough about what you need to go out there and get customers. And, um, and so... Uh, putting a tremendous amount of folks there would, you know, would be very helpful, and he gave a lot of tips for that. So don't miss going to um, hear people who have been successful doing, you know, launching your businesses, doing what, what you're trying to do, and learning from them. Yeah, and to budget in um, attending a couple or few, if you can, I know it's hard, especially for startups, uh, conferences every year, whether they're, well, definitely at least one industry conference and expo, but um, even things like social media uh, conferences and uh, yeah, marketing conferences and such, you can just meet, you can meet mentors and, and peers and customers and uh uh, providers. I mean, there's so much you can achieve if you if you work it right and going to conferences as well. Yeah, fabulous. Absolutely. You know, going to conferences is a big investment. Don't just go and pass out your business card. Make sure you, right. you know, uh, develop a relationship with people and and follow up with them. I'm amazed how many people ask for a copy of my business card and then there's absolutely no follow up. And mm-hmm. uh, it's easier than ever today with social media. Uh, to to do more research on individuals and to follow up with them. But that's a very big part of what uh, entrepreneurs have to be extremely focused on. I think a lot of people, entrepreneurs who, especially those who haven't been in a corporate environment, which really I think are the majority, uh, don't follow up because they're not quite sure about what to say and how to follow up. We're we're taught that in the corporate environment, and so it comes more naturally to those yeah. of us who have been there. But if you've been raised in a family of entrepreneurs and you're following in those footsteps, it's a little trickier. Can we spend a few minutes talking about that? Yeah, you know, with big corporations in particular, if you're trying to do business with a large corporation, today... Um, 
you know, these procurement departments are very sophisticated, and you've got to get your foot in the door there first. Um, a lot of people think, well, I just want to go talk directly to the CIO or the CEO. And truth of the matter is, those discussions aren't going to uh, merit you a lot of business if you haven't been through those, those hoops first to understand what it takes to get registered to do business with these big companies. And so I always tell people the, the supply chain is a great place to begin. Not only that, a lot of companies have um, programs for minority and female-owned businesses and are actively looking for people that can supply them in that space. And, in fact, if they choose you as the supplier, they even have mentoring programs for you where they will continue to mentor you and try to help grow your business. So um, those uh, supply chain uh, organizations, and most of them are online and give you all the information you might need to know about doing business with a company. But sometimes, like two small companies, you may not want to do business with us because we require a certain amount of insurance and we require, um, you know, uh, legal things that you may not agree to. So you would have wasted a whole lot of time going up and meeting with the CEO and the CIO when, in fact, it's a company that's, you know, just really not a good fit. Uh, the other thing is that, if you do get a chance to meet with people in the company, make sure you really understand the business that they're in. Uh, I was surprised how many times people would come in and call on me and really wouldn't understand anything about my business. Uh, with the Internet out there today, there's no reason why you, you shouldn't do very thorough research and be, go in and be prepared to say how your product is going to help that company because senior leaders are looking every day for solutions or challenges or for um, ways to grow their business better. And if your product can solve a problem for them or can help them run their business better, um, they're going to embrace it. But if you come in with it, you know, just trying to understand, um, you know, what business they're in, you can chew up the whole time just uh, listening to a CEO talk about his issues. What you should do is say, you know, I understand your business. Here's some challenges I know you have, and here's the way my product can help you overcome those. So just do your homework and be prepared if you're getting ready to call on somebody uh, in a major corporation. Mm -hmm. and, and attending these networking events is important to uh, getting your foot in the door and following up. Yeah, and uh, last week I believe it was I had a guest on the show who, and we were talking about the fact that some corporations actually prefer doing some level of business with uh, smaller businesses because the constraints aren't as narrow and uh, and that there is a lot of opportunity out there for, for small business, for providers uh, who are small businesses. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I absolutely agree with that. I think that the issue with big companies is sometimes doing business with a smaller company, you want to make sure that company is going to continue to be around. Because yeah. there were a number of times that we did business with smaller companies who tend to be much more entrepreneurial about the way that they solve problems and who are much more open to partnering with you than really big companies. Um, really big companies, we used to spend you know, weeks just haggling over service contracts where, you know, they wanted us to indemnify them for everything under the sun. Yeah, <laughs> And yeah. smaller companies yeah. are just so happy to have business with you that they don't require all of that. But the problem with smaller companies is that you, you sign a contract, you get locked into doing business with somebody, you like them, they like you, and the next thing you know they've been bought by somebody oh, else. Or they got into financial difficulties and the company doesn't exist anymore. And here you invest a lot in trying to learn how to do things using their process or their tools. So 
you know, you have to balance. There, there's good and bad on both sides. But mm-hmm. most big companies do have goals for doing more business with minority and female-owned companies. And that's why that's a really great avenue, uh, if you are a female or minority, to go in under that uh, criteria and trying to do business. The federal government, in fact, requires, if you're doing business with the federal government, you have to be spending a certain amount of your spend, your procurement dollars, with female and minority-owned companies. So that helps a lot as well. Mm-hmm. It sure does. Well, we are down to the last couple of minutes of our show already, Becky. I've truly appreciated um, all of your information and just, just having your presence on the show. It's absolutely delightful. Uh, what would you like to oh, leave you. our audience? Mm-hmm. What, tell us first where, where we can pick up your, your recent book. And secondly, what you'd like to leave our audience with. We have about a minute and a half left to the show. All right, well, I'll just tell you quickly. The book is on uh, Amazon, or you can go to my website, BeckyBlaylock.com, and you can buy it there as well. There's three key messages in the book. The first one is really know what it is that you want. You know, only you can define that. And if you define it and you know what you want and you put together a plan, there isn't any reason why you can't make that happen. The second thing is be willing to get outside that comfort zone and take some risk. That was the number one message for all, for all the women I interviewed is that you got to believe in yourself, and nothing does that more than knowing what you want, and you got to be willing to step outside that comfort zone and take some risk. As women, we're so many times so concerned about being liked that it will it will uh, curtail us from doing the tough things that you need to do to really get the experience, yeah. move on up the corporate ladder. And then the third thing well, is give back. You know, give back. Very important to give back because that that is what comes back around. Becky, thank you so much for being here on the Million Dollar Mindset. I look forward to be remaining connected with you and everyone listening again. It's BeckyBlaylock.com. And as always, you can reach me at Marla at MarlaTabaka.com. Make sure to go on over to Inc.com and check out my articles there. Inc.com slash author slash Marla hyphen Tabaka, and I'll see you all here next week. Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka from Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to get there,